Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Cyberpunk uh, 2077, that game that came out almost a year ago, um, <laughs> that we both decided to play because this Tim Rogers review came out for it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wa- I want to explain the backstory here so that people understand what, what, what's, go- what's going on, right? Okay, so... Tim Rogers, which I was turned on to by Mango, right? Mango is the person who showed, you know, who showed me Tim Rogers. I watched the Tokimeki Memorial video. I was immediately hooked. I've watched that video a bunch of times afterward, by the way. Really? Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I have certain, um, do you have this? I have certain video essays that I just return to frequently that I just sit and watch because I just think that they're very good. Dan Olson's Flat Earth video essay where he talks about how Flat Earth are, like the connection between Flat Earthers and QAnon is one of those. Uh, a bunch of the ContraPoints video essays are like this. D- no, this doesn't ring a bell. Uh, the closest thing I can think of is occasionally I'll go back to, and this is this is a weird thing, um, I'll go back to the Max Landis episode of Best of the Worst from Red Letter Media because uh, they de- <laughs> okay. they delisted it in, in you know in the uh, in the uh, in, in you know in, in the light of in, you know controversy mm-hmm. around Max Landis right um, but it's still up there um, and somebody pointed out that it was deleted but the, li- the link still existed and so I went I occasionally go back and watch just because it's it's because it's the episode it's with, the episode with with fateful findings right yes, with yes. Neil, yeah with Neil Bream yes, yes. ah. <laughs> that, is, that is the primary reason I go back to it. Not because of Max Landis, but because of sure, sure. it's for Jeffrey's yeah, well, losing so, his mind. So I, have, so. so I have certain video essays that are like that for me, that I just kind of put them on almost in the same way that I watch Man of Steel, right? I, I talk all the time on the podcast about how Man of Steel is kind of this comfort food movie or like Kung Fu Panda. I just can I can just put it on and have a good time as I'm ground grinding WoW dailies, and that is like a perfect day kind of thing. Um, anyway, so so I got very into Tim Tim Rogers, and his whole thing for the first season of Action Button Reviews is that it starts with the Final Fantasy VII remake and it ends with Cyberpunk 2077. Right? That was his whole his whole shtick. Yeah, yeah. That is the that is the arc of the season, right? And so we've been waiting and waiting. It's been months at this point, um, and he does this Twitch stream, and in the Twitch stream he says. There's no Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> video. Like, I just, as the pressure mounted, and I just didn't have anything to show for it, and I kept procrastinating and procrastinating, and people kept asking me where it was, and I just got so paralyzed, and me and Mango were, like, freaking out. We're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what? And then, of course, that, that was all a bit, right? Um, and the actual action button review of Cyberpunk 2077 in full is 10 hours long. But in the first hour, which is like the prologue, by the way, the first hour of this video is him just, it's just the prologue. And um, he says the proper way to watch this, this review is to play the main story quest, like all the way through of Cyberpunk 2077 and one of the romances, right? You want to do one of the romantic options. Um, and and then the other piece of the review is that it is a choose your own review right like it is it has multiple paths it has multiple endings in a way right um, um no it doesn't so, have multiple endings it has one ending that's the one it has part. that's true it has multiple middles right yeah. so the middle of the review you're supposed to pick two chapters of his like sub reviews right which is stuff like what he likes what he doesn't like the context you the know hardware so, like, yeah exactly all of that kind a of deconstruction stuff. and reconstruction of cyberpunk as like fiction <laughs> right like so so yes 
Um, and that this came out to like much, much critical, you know, much anticipation last week, right? Yeah. Um, like, like Buddy said, we were both sitting there watching, and I, I watched the first hour live. I think it took you a little bit longer because you had to like work or something. Um, yeah, I watched the first twenty minutes or so, and then I was like, okay, I got to get back to work. <laughs> and then I watched the rest of it later, and I've decided that I am going to follow his instructions. I am not going to break the rules, as I initially thought. I was like. When, when, when he initially said this, I was like, I'm just going to watch the whole fucking thing. Like, come on. What? I don't have time for this. But then I was like, you know what? I do have time for this. <laughs> so I bought Cyberpunk 2077, and I played a bunch of it over the weekend. So I guess this is more. I have totally a, a total of 11 hours in two days. Um, so yeah, I so, guess this is like a little bit of a, so a first impressions. <laughs> so funnily enough. Um, you know, when you sent me, like, I'm going to do the whole thing, right? Like, I was like, you know, uh, you know, do I want to, do I want to do the, like, you basically inspired me to also do the whole thing. I was like, fine, fuck it. And I, I jumped on as well. Um, and so I played, uh, I, I, play, I played it on launch for a little while. Um, and I am, what is, what is my total time on this? Can, can it say, what, what are you playing it on, by the way? Uh, normal. No, sorry. Nor Which platform? Oh, I'm sorry, Steam. Okay, you, you didn't play it on goodoldgames.com, so 100% of your money could go to... I did not. I gave Gabe Newell 30, his 30% cut, I guess, you know, because um, I can't... Although apparently the, the, the big boys get better. Uh, I mean, I, so to be clear, I I actually like GOG quite a lot. I know the people at GOG, and we do a lot of stuff through GOG as well, and... I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for for Gog and what they do, but when I was impulse buying the game because I decided I wanted to do this, I impulse bought it on Steam. Yep, no, that's that is fair enough. Um, because uh, it was on sale for like the Steam oh, Halloween sale or something. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, so I pre-ordered this. Um, I like I said, I, I so I played approximately the same amount that I played this weekend the first time around. Um, so for just broad overview, uh, both of us have gotten through the opening sequence up until, um, and spoilers for the very early part of the game, up until uh, the title until the card. Skirt, the title card. Which yeah, is insane. Yeah. I, I did not realize quite what I was getting into when, when that happened. I was like, wait, what? Oh, I understand. This is the you know, like this is the initial. Yeah, I mean, Witcher Three is it, it also just, like this, yeah. right? Like it, the, the whole like first, the like you don't realize it's the it's the you know it's the you know the pre credits until like you get past the opening part. And you're like, wait, that was like, you know, the prologue, right? Like it literally uh, took me six hours going through the prologue, and I was like beelining quest to quest, right? Like, uh, you know, part of my thing is that I'm not really fucking around, right? Like that I want to get, I want to do that, just get the main quest done. Right. Um, and so the only time I've ever deviated from that is when the main quest specifically puts the brakes on and it's like, go do some fucking side quests and I'll get back to you kind of thing, which has happened a couple of times. Right. There's one time when you can only um, you can only talk to somebody at a certain time of day. So I just killed time by like running around and doing these these fucking side quests. Um there, there's a button for waiting, if like like Skyrim style. I did, I, yeah. So I did see that there was a button for waiting, but I was also just like, why not? A little bit. Okay, that's fair. Um, and uh, the and then there's another time where it says in order to progress, you need to pay somebody a bunch of money, and I didn't have any money because all I'd been doing was the main quest, and I hadn't sold anything. I was just disassembling all my shit into crafting materials. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I go better do some Stuff. jobs, yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah. 
All right. So, um, all right. With that, so we're we're both at about that point. Um, I think you're a little yeah. bit further along with me, but I've also done a little bit more. I'm definitely further along have. with you. I have had I have had um, the we we talked about this in the precast. I will try and keep it spoiler free. I've had that consequential meeting, and then I have done two additional quests on the main okay. quest. One of which is the the roadblock quest that says. You need $15,000 to continue, right? Like, the quest there is go to a person and ask this person for a thing. And the person says, okay, I'll give it to you, but you got to pay me fifteen grand." And then I did a second quest on top of that that was, like, actual, like, content. So that's that's as far as either of us have gotten. I think I'm level 8 in terms of, like, the RPG progression. I'm level okay. 8 and I'm, like, street cred 9 or something. Okay, I think I'm level 7, which makes sense because I did a little bit more side content than you, right? Like, I did some side co some side quests mm. along the way to the to the opening stuff. I didn't go out of my way a whole lot, but, like, um, essentially I repeated some of the quests that I, like, I repeated, I think, all the quests that I did the first time around because that would have annoyed me if I didn't. Um, uh, but, yeah, so... All right. Uh, what are your initial impressions? Oh, just just out of curiosity, what kind of vague build are you going? Uh, I'm now going stealth archery samurai. No, no, no. I'm going raw blades. Oof. I made a fucking katana, and then I later found a better katana, and I have been upgrading those katanas. And my whole thing is, I just run at them, and I slice sli slice them up. I cut them up with my. <laughs> Nice. With my big sword. Just because, like, I didn't quite realize it at the time. Like, how, well, so, okay, so Cyberpunk is, like, a brand, right? Like, this has existed outside of it, it is Project a, Red, right? Yeah, it has been a long-running tabletop RPG um, developed by Mike Pondsmith, who is, like, the, the big, goofy black guy you see sometimes associated okay. with it. Um, but he, okay, he, yeah. Yeah, he's the original designer, and they re-released a version of the tabletop to coincide with the um, with the, with the video game. And he was involved. Okay, in that makes sense. Yeah, because, like, it obviously, it takes a lot from, you know, like, Shadowrun and other just sort of, like, cyberpunk settings, right? But I realized that, I, like, the thing I wanted to do is I wanted to do, like, the, the street samurai shit. As soon as I saw the katana and, like, there are melee mechanics, and even, honestly, I don't even think they're good melee mechanics, but they are there right um i was just like this is this is what i'm going for i do have some stuff in stealth just because the first two the first couple of missions made you do stealth stuff it seemed right like it was like very stealth focused so i was like okay well i'll put a couple points in here just to you know make it work um but yeah so. okay yeah i am i'm going hand cannon e um like I just, I just like revolvers. Is that so. is, is, is are revolvers a different kind of gun? Uh, so re, so revolvers and pistols are the same class of gun. It's the middle trigger reflex. There's like rifles okay. and machine some machine guns and then yeah. There's like pieces of this. I also have put a couple points into crafting because I just decided why not. My guy's also going to be crafting. I guess yeah. Um, I have some points in crafting as well because that's also yeah. the the lockpick skill essentially. And I and so and my overall impression, by the way, is that I'm having a pretty good time. I think this has been. Um, I I almost wonder if it's possible for me to feel wonder in the way that I want to 
with this game or with other games like it, right? You know, like the first time you play Skyrim and you're just incredibly addicted and you immediately get immersed and you're 15 hours deep or the first time that you play like World of Warcraft, right? And you're running through Elwyn Forest, right? I mean, like that is such an elusive feeling and it, it honestly just feels like so few games have captivated me in that way. And I think Cyberpunk 2077 might be the best one that I have played in my, like, in my in the recent history, right, of my adult life. Like, obviously, Skyrim was 2011. That was 10 years ago. We were in college then. That one uh, absolutely had that effect on me. But I'm, like, trying, I'm, like, legitimately trying to think, like, what are some of the games that have put me in that feeling? And it's hard. I just kind of think none. Maybe, so, I guess, Wow. In, to a certain extent, right? Like, I get that feeling with basically every WoW expansion, but I sort of think that that's built in, right? Oh, boy. I'm about to get Cyber Crunk <laughs> from the chat. Yeah, so, like, I, I... I... Part of me just thinks that the game is incredibly good and I am failing to connect with it on my level, but maybe I'm just describing that the game is not, is not super great. Um, I don't really know. I don't like on this immersive level. That's the thing that I really want out of it. I want this sort of immersive sim. I want this world where I'm like essentially living a second life in an RPG. Right. Um, so I, I, I just haven't quite got there. I think I agree with you. And I don't think it's not because it's not good. Although I do think it has some problems. Like I still, I had like five crashes over the weekend. Um, like just, That's interesting. I have not had any crashes, so tech yeah. on a tech level, it's been pretty okay. I think so. I opt like I hit like the optimize button on the Nvidia control panel, and like I've got a very beefy rig, and I think maybe it pushed a little too high. So I might I might try and okay. screw with that. Um, because I think they're GPU failures. Um, but uh, the, uh, the to, to your point, I think part of the problem from the immersion aspect isn't the it isn't like it's it's mechanically anyway because like you know, the combat's not great, but the sky, combat like Skyrim isn't great, um, and like all, all those types of things. I think the part of the problem is, is that V is voiced and V has a very um, set personality, even in the choices you make, right? Like, it's hmm. like variation on the personality. So I I personally find him harder to inhabit because he's not making the, he's not like doing things the way I would. Even the, con the, the the text options that, like, match kind of my, like, the like my general wheel are, like, worded in such a way that's kind of, like, edgy and, you know, he, he, he's a character, right? He's a character um, that has, like, a personality to him and that's, like, I, I'm having trouble inhabiting that because um, it doesn't okay. match the way I would be, right? And that's, that's, I think that's part of the immersive quality of Skyrim is... There's no voice acting for your character, really. And, like, the prompts have, like, some flavor to them. But, like, like you will pick a prompt as, as V. And it will be generally that. But, but you know, he'll put his own spin on it. And it will be part of his personality. Whereas, like, you can kind of imagine your own intonation, I think, in a Skyrim character. Which does a lot to, like, help you inhabit the character. And, and that's just, like, that's, like, not the narrative choice they made with, with, with Cyberpunk. Oh my god, I'm a, I'm a fucking idiot. I have felt this incredibly recently with Pathfinder Kingmaker. And that's an interesting... Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, lo I'm looking through my list, yeah. my Steam list. Because the thing I was thinking of is I was thinking of, okay, Fallout 4 didn't do this for me, right? Um, 
even like re-released Mass Effect didn't do, but like Mass Effect and Dragon Age Inquisition, which are like you know Mass Effect Andromeda, Dragon Age Inquisition, those don't really hit me in that same way. Th those are good movies, right? Like they're yeah, these yeah. action movies essentially that I'm playing through, right? Um, but they don't put me in that immer like in that immersive space in the same in the same way like i care about progressing the story because i care about these characters and i'm emotionally invested in them but that's not like feeling uh you know in 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 the world at right at whatever way that that works right um and then i was thinking maybe the closest to this is far cry with far cry three four and five um which all came out you know the far cry five was two years ago Three years ago, maybe? Um, Far Cry 4, I think, was 2016, right? Like, all of those, they hit me in the same sort of place. Definitely, just, you know, it kind of... Um just inhabiting like inhabiting the world and interacting with people but not really being like super you know uh connected or driven by the story and maybe part of it is that i am beelining on the main story quests which is treating the game a little bit more like mass effect than i would otherwise if i was playing it like skyrim where as soon as i hit white run i immediately branch out into a million different dungeon quests or whatever but it just hasn't got me in that same place and pathfinder kingmaker absolutely hit me in that in that place and i mean and i went really hard i put like 100 hours into that game over like two or three weeks you know two or three months ago um so i guess i guess i am criticizing the game at this point we've realized that i'm actually criticizing the game i actually don't know that i think the voice acting does how much does the voice acting matter to me um it's tough Something that has always bothered me about certain types of games. This this always killed me about Dragon Age Origins, for instance. In Dragon Age Origins, they have this situation where your character isn't voice acted, but everything else is. So the voice actors say their lines, and they turn to look at your character, and your character just like looks at them, and then the pop prompt pops up, and you select one of the lines from that from that prompt sort of thing. And I always felt that interaction to be weird, but maybe that's a camera thing. Maybe that's yeah, like was looking same. at my own face rather than them talking to me as they do in Skyrim or Fallout 3 where it is, you know, like first person. Yeah. No, I, I definitely um, think that's part of it. Okay. I, know, I know that's part of it. Like, like, to your point, right, like, I think that it is less jarring when Shepard talks out of, like, a camera, like, you know, like, because when the camera focuses on him... But when V is talking out of my face, essentially, right? Like it feels weird, sure. at least to me. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm Interesting. not. That's but like that's like a narrative choice thing, and, and that definitely hurts my immersion. But I don't like. I don't know if I criticize. Like if I would call that a criticism of the game, right? Like maybe I, I would, but it's just like a narrative choice that doesn't mesh with my preferences. Yeah, I uh, also wonder, like. I also think part of the narrative framing of the whole game itself has this imperative to it that is tough. For instance, um, in Skyrim or in Fallout 4, you know, like there is a main there is a main quest line that you can do, right? But like it is less um, there's no urgency there's, to it. Whereas yeah, yeah, exactly. Where, where yeah, there's but where urgency this, to, to there is an insane amount of urgency. I'm gonna fucking die. How do I how do I justify going out and like you know, doing a gig for some cash or whatever when I'm going to fucking die, like, as as part of the, the yeah. game's kind of core conceit. Yeah, he, like, the so you, you get, the, so when it happens, right, like, and 
I think anything that was in the promotional material is is fair game, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, but when when you get the when you get the news, he he tells you like you know you've got a couple weeks at most, which I think is them being like you've got some time to play with, right? But like, I don't know. I I, I think you're right. I think like a slightly longer time, like something something to like like. The characters play it as if you're like you know actively dying and you're running out of time, right? Like yeah. like even everyone around you, right? Like if they were like you know, and there are multiple moments during the gameplay where you like seize up and you are having these issues, right? Yeah, and all of that really communicates the you know that that same sort of urgency. Whereas with Skyrim, right? You know, obviously it is bad that uh, the. The dragons are dragoning something. I don't remember the. I don't remember the main plot of Skyrim very well. I love the, that they're, game. They're I think it's <laughs> the, 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 the dragons are back and no one has seen them for a while. And then they're here, and then you fight them every once in a while. But it's not like you have any indication that if you don't move fast, things will get worse really fast, right? Like yeah, and even with like and even with Fallout. So I actually think that Fallout Four and Fallout New Vegas are a great example of this because both of those are mysteries, right? Where there is a lot of imperative. I want to find out who shot me in the fucking head. I want to find out who kidnapped my son, right? But because I have to find the leads in the mystery because I have to follow, you know what I mean? I can kind of, in a way, sort of narratively justify myself wandering around and doing a bunch of shit because I'm just looking for leads. I just need to, I need to get some information, you know, um, about where to go next and what to do next. This is high priority, but not high urgency, right? Whereas, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whereas V story is high prio and high urgency. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, to use very uh, yeah, with that agile yes. term. Yeah, <laughs> software industry terms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's 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 scrum our you know our, our immersive RPGs. <laughs> okay, but you know, um, uh, so I so I do think that 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 definitely sort of affects things. I also think that the game hasn't presented me with like interesting or compelling ladders to climb quite yet and what i mean is you know like on a on a gameplay sense the only ladder seems to be street cred and like level and street cred seems to kind of just be like this reputation gate that blocks me from doing higher and higher stuff which is kind of like fair enough or whatever right but something that i think about um is i think about the optional factions in um uh, like Fallout New Vegas or Fallout 4 or whatever, right? Like, or in Skyrim, right? You know, if I am joining the, you know, the Mages Guild and I am progressing the Mages Guild storyline, that's its own, you know, I mean, it's like a side quest, but it's a little bit bigger than that. It's like a major quest. It's just not in the story or whatever. And there's a lot of opportunities for that in a Skyrim or in a Fallout or whatever, right? Where you kind of come across a faction and you progress that and you're getting reputation with that faction or whatever. And if there are mechanics like that, I have yet to see them, right? Um, It mostly seems as though the only thing that, I have to progress is that overall kind of street cred bar and the different factions that exist exist purely as enemies, right? If I am interact like so for instance, I've interacted with the Maelstrom, the Tigers. Maybe those are the only two gangs I've run into yet, but like there do seem to be gangs that exist, but it's not like I can join the Tigers and progress the you know You've also interacted uh, with the Moxes, you must have Okay, I've interacted with the Moxes. Yeah, that's a gang. Uh, they are one of the factions. So this, this is this is all from like promotional material. There are okay. factions, and I think you can build relationships with them. Um, 
but uh, I don't think you can join them. There's like a, there's like a thing there that like you're a little bit separate from um, everything that's happening. You can be friendly with them, but I don't think you can actually become one of them. Like you can't mod yourself out like a Maelstrom person mods themselves out. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, I, that was something that I was kind of looking for and hoping for, right? Um, you know, because I think that that's one of the funnest parts of this yeah. job, right? Doing the or this, uh, you know, like this genre of games, right? It's like doing those kinds of quest lines and learning about you know these these different factions that exist in the world. Um, do you know any others besides the mocks, or is that so? Uh, so these, like, there's there's the so this, this was all again from promotional material. Okay. There's the Mox, the Maelstrom, the the Tigers. There's like a there's like a like a vaguely like you know like gung ho American patriot maybe vaguely alt righty one, um, and then there's a voodoo one who are big hackers. Um, okay. And I think there's a sixth one, but I can't remember. Um, I can't remember off the top of my but like th those are like the, the big ones. The moxes the moxes are like essentially like sex workers who banded together for like mutual protection. Um, the tigers are like like you're like a vaguely I think they're like a vaguely, you know, Asian triad. Yeah, is a triad style style gang. Mm. Maelstrom are big are big, you know, tech tech, you know, people. Um, yeah, Maelstrom you run into in the main quest. Right, very um, early, yes. They are very, like, very early on. Yeah. Um, and yeah. even that quest, I had a very hard time with that quest. You know, like, one of the things that has been kind of neat about Cyberpunk is that it does give you a lot of kind of narrative options for how to deal with different quests, right? So, for instance, in that Maelstrom quest, you can do a thing where you, like, uh, you talk to the Militech person first or whatever, and you can kind of approach it in that you can approach it in a different way, right, than if you just, like, do it straight up, which I think is pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. Um, but I also felt like it was weirdly sort of incomplete. Um, or maybe, like, I fucked something up along the way because it seemed like I kind of got the beginning of a story and the, the ending of a story. But there was this whole middle that I completely missed out on when it came to those guys. Um, uh, so, you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to announce spoilers here. I actually want to hear what you did. Um, okay. So spoilers for this very early quest, um, Maelstrom. So you sure. Know. Yeah. This quest, by the way, is part of that prologue we're talking yeah. about, right? This is before the, you know, the title screen or whatever. So I talked to the corpo lady, right? Right. Uh, there's a whole thing that goes on with her. She gave me a cred stick, right? And I immediately looked at the cred stick and hacked it and realized that there was tracking software in there, and I deleted the tracking software. Okay. okay? I did the same thing. Yeah. Then I brought it to the guys. And uh, I told them that the cred stick had tracking software in it. But then the Militech guys attacked. And then um, I got, and then I went outside and the person at the Militech place was not the lady that I talked to. It was this completely other guy who alluded to all of this stuff happening off screen that I was like, was I supposed to be there for that? Like there's, there's the small he, he's, he's the guy that was in her trunk. He be yes, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's like be he's he's present when you meet her initially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, so maybe this is a presentation problem, but like that's like that's like part of the story as to why she's interested, right? Like there is a mole that leaked right. this information in the maelstrom, right? Correct. Right. Are you the mole as Corpo? No. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I felt like the mole was supposed to be resolved in this quest, but it no, wasn't. No, but it's it's not right. Like that's like 
But that's like that's still an open open mystery at the end of the quest. I assume that there may be a sky. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So that there's follow up to this where you're finding the mall. Maybe I don't know. Okay, maybe. but it's it's still yeah. an open mystery right. at the end of at the end of the quest. That or it's I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be implied that it was him that he's the mole, um, and you know he's just covering his tracks, which is also possible. Yeah, I don't know. I also I also knew because the quest told me it was like optional, free brick during the breakout, and I tried to fucking find this guy, but I couldn't. And that so only pops just, up if you um, walk past him. Oh my god, am I really that dumb? I mean, so I only I only know this because like I played it through twice and I realized what happened. Um, okay, is you know in that. When you first start fighting the military guys, you're like walking sure. through a lab, a lab area ish. Um, there's like a door in the back that he's like blocked behind. Like it's like, oh my God. so like it's before you get like, it's when you're walking through the lab area, it's, it's like, there's like a lower level. That's like tab lab tables. And there's the upper level. That's like labs with like, like tape, like, like, uh, it's like, like offices almost. And there's, like, two sets of offices, and in the middle, there's, like, a, a gangway, and he's behind a door to the left. He's very easy to miss, but he'll, like, shout at you, and if you're if you're busy, you won't, you won't notice it, but there's also, like... Okay, yeah, I was definitely running around slicing up them tires yeah. with my fucking katana, right? Like, dying a lot. I died yeah. so much in that mission because I just... You have no defensive options if you're melee. And I didn't have... There's a couple of perks that you get pretty quickly, right? There's, like, recover health in combat. While you're moving, you get a bunch of extra armor or whatever. I was like, who needs armor? I want my heavy attacks to do more damage. And so, in the first level, I'm like, I'm like level four. I keep fucking dying because there's a million guys shooting you with guns all the time yeah. or whatever. I was like... Immediately after that, I was like, well... I guess I'm gonna have to put some, you know, some work into my defensive traits. I guess, <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, and this, this mission also raised some, like, some, like, you know, of the specters that like are true for the game, like the bugginess, right? Like, I had one part where like one of the cop people stumbled through the door and he was completely invincible, um, and so we couldn't. And he like he like we were shooting at him, we couldn't kill him, and so then he killed me, and then I reloaded, and then he was then he was perfectly killable after that but like I, yeah i will say i have had a million issues with that kind of stuff people falling into walls um something that seems to happen with jackie who is kind of your like npc buddy that runs around with you for a lot of these prologue levels is um anytime jackie walks into an elevator he does this for me he does this like he's walking and then he dips oh yeah and so his he his head is sticking out or kind of his torso and up right and then he pops back up, right? Which I think is because it's reading the, the gap between the elevator and the, the level. And he's, like, falling into it temporarily. And it looks so stupid, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had, I've had a bunch of, like, um, I asked, like, Misty to read my tarot. Misty being another early game mm -hmm. character. And, like, she, like, takes the deck. And, like, like the deck is, like, floating, like, three inches to the, to the right of her hand. And, like, she's flipping, like, the cards aren't flipping right. And then it all snaps into place at some point. It's just like. <laughs> oh, I have a question. Are your, are your piercings in the right place? I didn't put any piercings in. Okay. My piercings, I didn't put them in either. But the reason that I did it is because they hover. So I was, like, I was trying to do, uh, I was trying to do eyebrow piercings, right? And they hover off of your eyebrows. So it's, like, out here. <laughs> and I was, like, is this, like is this supposed to be like a magnet or something? Like, is this cyberpunk shit? And I eventually decided, no, it's just wrong. And the colliders are all fucked up or whatever. Wait, is this in the character creator? 
Mm-hmm. This isn't the character creator for me. Interesting. Like, it might appear to be, like, in about the right place. Maybe it's, like, one of those things where, like, depending on which preset you start with, like, you know, like, the skull shape is slightly different. And so, like, but yeah. Like so, the thing that I thought was happening, I was like, oh, well, maybe the piercings are just set in a location and I need to morph my face into them. And so, I got to, like, the, the, I got to, like, the brow place and I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot my, my brow line out. Right, so that it'll meet the piercings, but the piercings move with it, <laughs> which I was just like, "Well, okay, that's the world we live in. That's fine." Yeah, no, like I am not impressed with this game's character creator at all. It is seems very limited. But you can choose your genitals, Mango. Oof. I definitely Isn't went for the big so dick. Isn't that so important? Yeah, big I also dick. went for the for the big dick. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is this even in here?" But you know, sure. Yeah, whatever. no, I mean, like, I, like. You know, not that I think like being able to choose your genitals is super important in front in the grand scheme of things, but like that's like a neat thing, right? I'm yeah. still waiting for a game to let me choose my fucking handedness that isn't a tennis game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the representation we need, right? Yeah, I mean it's it is, it is a personal bugaboo of mine as a left handed person. Um and you know, no one cares about it. Um and I can't imagine it would be that hard just like you know, I mean, you know. I am I am not a game developer, but I don't think it'd be that hard to be like mirror everything, right? Like mirror the character model, and you have a left-handed character, right? Like, but. yep. You know, it's the it's the world we live in, I guess. Yeah, um, it's a right-handed so it person's to, world. Yeah, when it comes to gameplay stuff, um, that that you know, like, is going on. So, um, when you're approaching situations, how much do you do stealth versus? Just like normal run and gun kind of gameplay. Uh, I usually start from stealth, and then I like hide behind uh, like containers and and, and and shoot right, like do shootout type stuff. Um, but yeah, I like I'm not I'm not like stealth. I'm not like doing like I'm not like doing takedowns right. Except like if there's like oh interesting. If there's like like a, an opportunity and like a like a mission, I might. But like for like. Like a lot of the the action I've done has been like these kind of side missions that are here is a pack of enemies and they're not really side missions they're like um, an assault is in progress stop it or like you know like yeah. I'll be driving around and I'll hear gunshots and I'll just hop out of my car and like waste some fools right like those things like I guess I could sneak up but like I'll I'll crouch and I'll like shoot the first guy in the head and then it's just gun battle from there on and that's, that's yeah I weird. also have weird experiences with those assaults because. And, and this is tough to do when you're going melee weapons because, like, the distinction between friend and foe is functionally non-existent, right? So you're hearing gunshots, and I just sort of run in, and then I see the red bars popping up, and I'm like, okay, these are the bad guys. But, you know, like, this is a fucking katana. I'm swinging it wildly. And, like, I don't get a sense if I'm killing the civilians or if I'm fulfilling the requirements of this assault in progress, right? Like... I definitely have gotten money from these. Like, I will, at the end of the thing, see, like, transfer 500 bucks or, what, you know, like, whatever the, the dollar amount is or whatever. But, yeah, for those, I just hop out of the car, draw my blade, and ore, 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 like, until everybody's fucking dead, right? Like, well, if you hit civilians, you'll get, like, a wanted uh, value. and uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess then I don't hit civilians. Because I don't think I've ever gotten wanted from that. Though I've also gotten wanted before, and then just dro- you just drive it off because if you just run away fast enough, it goes away. Um, but you gotta keep driving. Like I tried to like get out and like hide in a corner, and the cops just like found me and like wrecked my shit. Um, oh really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I feel like if I would have gotten in one of these assaults, I probably would have noticed because, you know, they tend to take a minute, you know, um, before I get back in my car and I sort of drive away. I have definitely gotten wanted ratings because I'm really bad at driving and I just run people over and then you get a fucking star or whatever. This is one of the, this is one of the things that I think is kind of most interesting. I don't want to do that, but like the mechanics of driving are such that you just sort of don't have any other option because you basically have two speeds, which is max and break you know like yeah because you only have accelerate and you i can't i can't hold my my w key down halfway in the way that i would drive a car right. to hold steady at a certain speed right um so i just find myself driving at 200 miles an hour and then crashing into shit <laughs> yeah no i i also wasn't super happy with like the driving mechanics um I just don't drive that much, or at least I haven't. Um, I don't know. I just don't find the driving gameplay that compelling in the first place. Like, in general, I just don't find it compelling. I uh, honestly wish that it encouraged me to follow traffic laws more. I think that that would be... I have always had this pet peeve with GTA-style games. Um, I have always thought that that would just be compelling and fun, and that people would not be mad about it, and it would be cool if you did that, right? Like, I think if you drive like a fucking maniac, you should get a bunch of bounty on you, and if you drive like a normal person, you should get, you should be fine, and that would be cool, and uh, that there is sort of like a like a systemized payoff to oh, drive drive like a sane human being. You don't have any you don't have any trouble with the cops if you want to drive like a daredevil. You're, you're going to get, like, whatever. But that's, like, kind of an aside thing, and it's a problem with the genre more than a problem with this game in, in particular. Yeah, I mean, you, you can tap the forward key to, like, not drive too crazy, but when you get caught behind somebody inside the reading, I also think that they change, the, like, the, the lights change as you approach them, like, 100% of the time. Like, they're being, like, you get to, you like, it just happens to be a green light. You're lucky day, right? Like, they don't make you wait a light, which I think is probably good design in that, in that kind of direction, but... Mm -hmm. um, I just find the high end thing on the cars a little bit tough to deal with, right? Like, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, uh, I like, and maybe I'm driving too fast for the road, but like, making a turn on like one of these surface streets is like, well, I'll probably end up swipe swiping into like the, the the opposite lane, and I hope no one's there, right? Like, um, or hitting the sidewalk and hoping no one's there. But yeah, and like, and at at one. I do want to give the game credit because this is a very lived in city and I believe it. Right. You know, like I believe that every block of this is like a city block. Right. Um, and it's very populated and there's a lot of cars on the road and all that reads correct or whatever. But it also means that it's just like, I feel like a bull in the China shop anytime I'm driving a car because like, you know, on GTA, you can do stuff where you like drive on the sidewalk to get around stuff just because like it's not that densely populated. Right. There just aren't that as many cars. There aren't as many, you know, um, there's just like, there's just more room to maneuver. I feel like I have zero room to maneuver in Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I feel that. I think, what do I think? I, I like, like, I agree with you that the, that the, what's the word? Like the, that the lived in this is there, but like, there's also things that take me out of it, right? Like. I'll do, a, like, a side... Like, I did a side quest where I, like, got into a gunfight, as you do, right? And I walked out of that city block, and there's, like, seven people crouched in, like, the same position, right? Like, facing the same direction, being, like, you know, oh, a gunfire happens. Like, mm, not quite, you know, like, you're pulling me out of it, right? Like, especially when, like, they're all, like, they're all, like, doing the same crouching animation simultaneously, and there are other people just walking around normally. It's, it's like, not quite perfect, but, like, 
that's like I think kind of general punkiness with the game, and I think I don't know, who knows? Maybe that'll get better. Yeah, it also seems like the the narrative of the game seems to promote this idea that like, you know, this is just an average day in Jump City, right? Night City. Um, Night City. I'm sorry, yeah. Jump City. Uh, it's Teen Titans. Uh, <laughs> in Night City, this is just an average day in Night City, right? Like they talk about just like these insanely high murder counts or whatever, and it's like. You know, okay, I, I, I think that's fair enough. It's, it's right. good no, no, narrative, no. you know, like, justification for the crime sprees that, that are going on all the time. Sure, right? Um, but, like, if that were the case, wouldn't the people be more accustomed to it, right? Yeah. No, And, like, you know, the cyberpunkness is not my complaint. My complaint is, like, the, like, the... The obviously like glitchy behavior of the of the NPCs, right? Like I don't care yeah. if like they if they duck or not. It's when like four of them simultaneously duck using the same animation in synchronicity, right? Like that's that's the thing that like gets me. Um, <sighs> yep, I feel that for sure. How do you feel about hacking? Do you do any hacking, like quick hacks, all that stuff? Uh, the quick hacks sometimes, like the the the, the hacking mini game, a little bit less frequently. Um, I just don't have like a, a good enough chip to to like do any of the interesting hacks yet. Um, it's not a priority, so like I'm not. Yeah, I only have blind, and I have short circuit. Blind, I actually like quite a lot because blind lets you do stuff. I I do more stealth, um, which is to say that on certain missions, um, <laughs> like on the narrative missions, I did those completely ghost, where nobody ever saw me. I never broke stealth. Um, because uh, there's a couple of main story missions that want you to do that. And then I did um, I did one side mission that was like that. It was like, oh, you got to upload this virus onto the thing and you'll get, you know, whatever, like 15 more dollars if you do it without anybody seeing you. I was like, fuck, yeah, let's go. Like, that's awesome. Um, so I have definitely done some stealth stuff. And being able to blind a guard and just walk right by them is incredibly useful. I, like... The, the, I think the stealth and the, the hacks go together really well. I very rarely feel like hacks make any sense in uh, actual combat. I did once used blind in actual combat because there was like a kind of a lieutenant NPC who was just like, I, I just did it once and that NPC kicked the shit out of me because it had, I guess it had like special legs. It was running much faster than I could run, right? So, um... She was running around and shooting me, and I could. Tr I was trying to catch up with my blade, and I wasn't able to. Um, and the way that I found to kill her was I, I blinded her, and she didn't see me coming, which is actually kind of neat, I guess. I do want to give some kudos here. It was cool that she was keeping at arm's length from me when I was running at her face rather than just sitting there and letting me cut off all of her fucking arms or whatever, which is how most people react when I run at them with my katana. Um... And it was cool that I disabled that behavior by stunning her with like the the blindness thing, which was sweet. Yeah, no, I I, I think part of that might be just like like I like I, I think I think that's I think that I, so I think part of the the issue with with my hack stuff is I'm playing on hard, so I think they might increase the cost slightly, and it's harder to do oh. some of the stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I, I can do basically all of those, uh, without any issue. I also took one hack perk that just says your Ram regenerates in combat just because I was like, yeah, I not? feel like that's necessary if I ever want to do this kind of shit. And, uh, for one point that seems perfectly reasonable. Um, 
but mostly mostly I, I I'm enjoying the interactions when it comes to stealth and hacking together more so than um, hacking in and of itself or hacking as part of combat yeah yeah uh, I think I agree with I think I agree with that generally um, I think the systems work together pretty well um, but like I don't know. There's a lot in the game, and a lot that you don't have to engage with. I think is interesting, right? Like I'm, I've never touched anything melee focused other than like the training mission where they give you a sword and they're like, you know, go kill people. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have never blocked an attack in my life. I have never. I don't even know if I can do the combos. To be honest, like, do the combos just happen? I have had a very weird experience with these combos because it seems as though you can do two types of light attacks. You can do a three hit thing. Or, and they call it a combo, which is where you tap the attack button again in the middle of your next attack, which I feel like I'm activating constantly because I'm just mashing the button. I'm not timing I th- these. I think that three hits is a three hit combo. Okay, good. Um, because that's all I do. I run at them and I go cha-cha-cha and I will sometimes use a strong attack because the strong attack is a gap closer that does a bunch of headshot damage if you can... Because when you do the strong attack with the katana, you do, like, you pull it back and you do, like, the the lunge, which feels cool and great. Uh, It is almost, by the way, a frame-for-frame recreation of a similar move that the Grail Knight uses in Vermintide, which is what I like about it, right? In Vermintide, I I like that power attack, and I use it all the time in Vermintide, and I was just like, oh, that's in this? Great. <laughs> so that that's basically how I approach melee combat. I have fought other melee combatants and I never block their shit. They never seem to block my shit. I just wail on them and I cut them to fucking pieces. It is I will say, one thing that's incredibly satisfying in this game is that when I kill someone by chopping them up with my with my katana they get chopped into pieces into legitimately it seems like actually it reflects the cuts that i am making like if my it it only seems to process on the final attack if my final attack on a target is you know um i hit them i hit them crosswise in their arm i cut their arm off which i think is fucking sweet so yeah yeah no that's that does like I appreciate, like, when I get a headshot with a revolver, they, like, stagger because, like, I hit them in the head, which is something I enjoy. Um, yeah, no, I think... I, oh, well, I actually don't know that that's... Do, is it is it because of the headshot or is it because of the revolver? I think it's the headshot. Because I don't think it happens if I hit them in the torso. Okay. Interesting. I, oh, interesting. I think it might be the headshot. So, something that I have realized is that the shotgun always does that. Anytime I hit somebody with a shotgun... They stagger, but maybe because of the spread, I'm always triggering a headshot with one of the pellets. Or that might be a property of the shotgun, right? Like you know, yeah, it might be a property of the shotgun. It's not a property of of revolvers, right? Like I, yeah, because I have I have a gun that is silenced that I use if I'm stealthing, right? Like a like a handgun that's silenced, and then I have the shotgun, and the shotgun is really just there if if I'm doing stuff with the katana. And there's a guy that I need to sort of stun, like crowd control. I'll switch to the shotgun, shoot him to just knock him over, right? And then switch back to the katana and go keep continue chopping, boys. But um, but yeah, so that's interesting. That is really interesting. And it's funny because like, I mean, you know, I haven't. I feel like I haven't gotten deep enough into like the stealth stuff. Uh, part of me not doing stuff from stealth is I'm also like 
they gives you these options for non-lethal takedowns and i don't know if that's good or bad i have yet to see uh you know any any credit given to me for the fact that i only use non-lethal takedowns in stealth um but like so for instance in the hotel mission which is like the mission right before you know the the title card that we've been talking about i i never got saw a scene by anyone and i only ever did non-lethal takedowns um but those seem to be completely the same as just killing the guy because something else that happened is i did a non-lethal takedown and somebody saw the body so sometimes what i would do there's two guys i'll blind one and take down the other but then run away because the blind only lasts a couple of seconds right and then he pops out and he goes oh my god my best friend but he doesn't like wake up the best friend the guy just stays unconscious and so, like he's functionally fucking dead at that point right. why do i get why do i have this option i think i think that one is an rp thing and i think two there's like might be quests where doing things non-lethally is preferred i don't know yeah, maybe. I the reason I mention it is because in Deus Ex, uh, Human Revolution, and Mankind Divided, doing them non-lethally is um, is an option, and and it's good, right? right? I think it actually gives you more experience or something. But if they are discovered, they get woken up. Like their buddies come across that body, they'll they'll pat pat. Hey, hey, bro, wake up! And the guy wakes up and he you know starts starts looking for you. So there's like some risk reward. There's a little give and take in there, which I thought was good. And I was a little bummed it was not in Cyberpunk. I mean, there's a bunch of systems in this game that I think are like half to like three quarters baked. I think that might be mm. one of them because um, you know famously this game had like a lot of development troubles. Um, yeah, it still has a lot of development troubles, and will continue to have development troubles for the foreseeable future. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't even understand. Like, I was mildly pumped for Cyberpunk 2077, and then they delayed it out of the window that I wanted it to come out in, right? I remember I was looking forward to it because solely for the reason of I knew it was a, it was like a month before, like, Shadowlands was supposed to come out, and I was like, oh, good. So it'll be a little bit of a palate, palate cleanser, right? I'll kind of come off of playing WoW all the time. I'll play some Cyberpunk. And then Shadowlands will come out, and I'll and I'll just like play Shadowlands or whatever. And then they delayed it past that. And it you and it, it was initially that, um, and then I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla instead. Right. Um, and so um, it's interesting that I don't know that, like the 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 overall conversation around Cyberpunk, kind of like a year out. I just sort of wonder what I missed. Like, if I had played this a year ago, how much, how different would it would it be? Um. So I think I think part of it is that like, so I did play it a year ago, right? And things mm -hmm. are like moderately better from what I remember. But I think a lot of it was like playing on the um, the last gen systems, right? Like, just the they couldn't handle it. Like that was the big thing. And like, if you had like a like, it could not perform well on the lower end systems, and that was the big disappointment. Also, it was very, very, very buggy. Um, but like, friend of the cast, Monik, said he, he loved it, even, like, in that initial state, so. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, I also, like, wondered how much of that was, like... <sighs> I wonder how much of that was console troubles, right? So much yeah. of the conversation seemed to be that the port to PlayStation and Xbox was just, like, absolutely awful, so. Yeah. I mean, and, like... So the previous, so this is this is the crazy thing, right? The previous gen uh, copies worked well on the next gen systems, but not on their native systems. 
Um, and they still haven't released the the next gen versions of the games, right? Like theoretically, when you play Cyberpunk on Xbox Series X or PlayStation Five, you are playing the PlayStation Four slash Xbox. Whatever the last one. Xbox One. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you're playing I, them I didn't up that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, because I can understand how this thing chugs. I mean, my my PC is quite good, and it chugs on my PC sometimes. Um, specifically, it seems like water effects make it chug. I fell into the river um, for like five seconds. And, and by the way, I have some qualms, but whatever. Um, I fell into the river for like five seconds and my PC went to like 12 frames per second, um, which is very weird. Did you know that Night City is supposed to be, um, uh, do you know like where Night City is supposed to be in It's in like Santa Cruz-ish. I remember at one point I went and like looked at a map and like did the, did the, um, like the, like the overlay, um. Because I'm pretty sure it's like Santa Cruz or something like that. It's like yeah, so it's weird, it's I'm near pretty where, sure it's like pretty close to like where near front of the maybe it's the San Luis Obispo. I know that like front of the cast Mark was talking about it, and I like did the map overlay at some point. Like you can so get like I'm pretty of it. sure it is called Morro Bay um, because I went here. I went here recently. So for for Rachel's birthday, um, I took her to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, but we went all the way up the Pacific Coast Highway, right? right. And I remember at one point we actually took a. Um, I remember at one point we actually took a, like a detour into a town just to like get food, um, and I there was something happened. What happened in Cyberpunk? Um, I remember this. It, it, it's it's near Monterey, right? Like it's near Monterey or Santa Cruz or something like that. Oh, no, it's not Santa Cruz. It's definitely near Monterey. I, I just don't know my California geography that well. Tell me I'm right. Yes, I'm correct. Okay, Morro Bay is the location of the fictional Night City in the cyberpunk role-playing game franchise. Um, because they have, a, they have a radio station called Morro Rock Radio. And Morro Rock is like a legitimate right. thing. Right, right, there right, is right, a, right. There's like a special volcanic rock that's like a big round How, how do you spell Morro? M-O-R-R-O. Okay. Anyway, and the thing that bugged me was um, uh, the the rainfall, and I was like, this isn't fucking California. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is weird future California. It doesn't fucking rain in California. What are you talking about, you know, cyberpunk? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, need, I, need, I, I actually want to find this, uh, this picture because I'm curious now. Of, like, the overlaid map? I don't know if this is useful to anybody. But these yep. are my well, theories on I how, have how definitely, I have definitely, I definitely understand because I've been here. We we went here. And we were like, oh, look at this moral rock. It's a whole yeah. thing. Um, and and I just want to know. I just want to like understand the, 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 you know, how how this all works. Is this one to one? This is from the the tabletop setting, right? Yeah. This is this is an image I found on the Cyberpunk wiki. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Um, because. I feel like that doesn't match the game map very well, does it? Do you know? Um, I don't remember. I think this might have been pre the game coming out when I did this. Um, so it might it might theoretically be a different map because it's a different point in time. Because like Cyberpunk, the tabletop is like twenty twenty something, I think. Um, so like theoretically, in universe, it could be different by the time we hit twenty seventy seven. See. Oh, we got an official interactive map. 
Oh, you know what? Look at this. The the like I'm looking at the official interactive map, and I think it looks it matches Morrow Bay a lot better. It looks like. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, like I don't see the rock, which would be up here, but like it's clearly like it, it fits that coastline a little bit better. I think. Oh, you're right. Oh my God, because I can see the shoal better than yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. It's almost like they got rid of the rock entirely. Which can't be, right? No way that happened. Yeah, well, I mean, the rock would be a little bit further out. Okay, maybe. Right, like, the, the rock might just be off the map. Right, because it would be... If I, if I go back to my maps page and look up Moral Rock, this is very compelling content, I'm sure, especially for anybody who's listening to this on audio. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry, people that are that are listening to this on audio. Yeah. So, so like, the the bay tips up a lot, or, or rather, the top part of the the bay is is a lot flatter i think um yeah I, th I think i think that this this just yeah okay like lost osos looks like it maps pretty well onto like um the biotechnica flats i think i think moro rocks like uh do you, let's see is moro rock on this map no it doesn't appear that moro rocks on the on the map um at least not as a named thing. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't see it either. The that, only reference to Moral Rock that I knew was the radio station. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is what started this whole rabbit hole for me. That makes sense. And, like, if you look at, like, the gap between the mainland and the Night City Island is a lot more on the on the uh, tabletop map than it is on the, um, than it is on the, on the, on the video game map. Um, like... If I pull this up a little bit, uh, better so I can see it a little bit more. Yeah, like Watson is like a lot further off from the island than it looks like on the on the game map. The game map's like across like a, a short bridge, whereas like it's like a, it's like the difference between like a borough I think in New York on the on the tabletop map. So yeah. Okay. So now that we've well spent. Yeah, now yeah. that we've spent like half the half the cast on that, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Are we coming up on time? We're, we're coming yeah, up on time. Yeah, we're over time. <laughs> yeah, so so I did say that this was first impressions because um, obviously ten hours doesn't feel like enough, but I did, you know, I don't know. I I, I wa I'm interested to see where this goes as we get deeper and it gets kind of um, and it, as we get kind of more complex. My plan is to continue playing until I just like legitimately beat the game um, and can watch the the Tim Rogers review. So I'm sure in the back half of the next couple of episodes will be, you know, yeah, like we'll, we'll be updating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Oi. And I am going to, I, I might, I might have to do part two of this, of this uh, map mapping project and see if I can get the overlay working. Uh, now that sure. we've got official map. Um, that might be a fun thing to do. We'll see. We'll see next time. But given that, um, we're over time on this main segment. How was your week? Did you do anything fun? 
I timed Halls of Atonement at plus 20. Hey, congrats. Yeah, yeah, you know, so the the we have been we've been going really hard for the plus twenty mythic plus dungeons. Hollows of Atonement was insanely tough. Um, we did that one uh, eight times, I think. We did eight different attempts, and we like failed every single one of them. And the interesting thing about Halls of Atonement is that it is. It, it is entirely because the timer is just, like, insanely strict. With some of the dungeons, it feels like as long as you just don't fuck up, you don't wipe, you just kind of clear through at, like, a pretty normal pace, you'll get there, right? Like, Spires of Ascension feels this way. Um, uh, Necrotic Wake feels this way, right? Like, Theaters of Pain really feels this way. It was just like, you know, all you need to do is be tight, and you'll, you're probably fine, right? With Halls of Atonement, we just felt like we didn't have, we just didn't have the the time on the clock. We didn't have minutes on the clock. And so we were constantly doing like more and more kind of complex things. So like, okay, let's group more, you know, let's pull a little bit bigger. Let's put that pull into this pull. Let's skip this guy, you know. Um, and we did eventually get there. We did eventually get there. And it was during, you know, this week, which is a tyrannical week, which ended up being incredibly tough for Halls of Atonement. Tyrannical obviously buffing the bosses over buffing the trash. But because Halls had some of the toughest trash in the game that kind of like ended up working um at the thing i don't know it was tough it was a whole thing it was definitely tough though so you know that's that's that that's what happened yeah fair enough um congratulations again um yeah for uh my part i dipped my toes into hearthstone mercenaries um, this is a thing, like, literally I wanted a thing to do that I could do shortly before raid, um, one of the nights, so I went and did that, and that was neat. I don't know if it'll hold my attention for that long. Um, and then I played all the way through Inscription with a Y, um, the new indie card game from Devolver. Um, one of the things I had heard about the game is, like, like, uh, it's got some twists, and it's the same person who did Tony Island, uh, Tony Pony Island, um, mm-hmm. Um, this guy's famous for, like, the game getting secret endings, like, in post-release content updates. Um, so, at some point, I expect we'll get, like, a, a, a true, true ending in the in the far-flung future. Um, and, like, the secret endings aren't, like, you know, do this cool thing in the game. It's, like, modify this game file and, like, do this cipher and, like, go to this real-world website type stuff. It's like, I do not have the energy to do that. So, I will let other people do it and read about it. Um <laughs> apparently, this one got solved so fast that, like, like part of it's, like, you put, like... Like, you put in, like, information into a form online, and he had to, like, take down me. He's like, why are you people so fast? Just wait, right? Like, like packages are shipping out. Um, <laughs> like, people were slamming the site too hard. Um, but, like, um, it's – so, like, the – it's it's a, it's a neat game. And so, so the thing I had heard about it is that, like um, – what was it? There's a game with a twist in it, and, like – the twist changes the gameplay significantly and that the second part's worse than the first part, and I totally agree with that. I think the initial gameplay is really good and really compelling and really fun. I think the gameplay after that is not bad, but it's not nearly as good. I think the game, from a gameplay perspective, gets worse as the game goes on, which is a shame. Wow, um, that is a shame. Uh, but, like, the meta story is interesting enough to keep me going, but it was, like, I think I could kind of, like, you know, just, like, push through. Right? Like, because it starts out as, like, a deck builder roguelite. Type yeah. type deal, um, and it it keeps going like it's it's like the the first part is very much like Slay the Spire, um, which is a game I really enjoy, um, and the second part is 
neat, but like basically it loses the roguelite elements. And so it's like much less compelling and like the deck buildings, like you can choose your cards in the deck instead of doing that kind of like, as you go through, you pick up cards as rewards type deal. Um, I just thought it was a much less compelling game past that. It was like I said, meta story still fun. Um, definitely glad I played through it once. I'm definitely glad to like read the updates, whatever they happen. But um, okay, yeah, that yeah. makes plenty of sense to me. Yeah, I've also been playing uh, Darkest Dungeon Two, um, which is another roguelite that is that has come out. Honestly, I don't love it. It's okay, but it's not. my favorite i don't know it's just like not connecting with me and part of it is like i sort of wonder how sensitive i am to kind of just like the shitty feeling that darkest dungeon is trying to elucidate in you um because the I don't know. It's just really tough to make a game like that that really feels super fair. I feel like a lot of the times that I'm uh, that I'm losing in these Darkest Dungeon two runs, it feels like bullshit. You know what I mean? And it's just like, oh come on, you know. Like, uh. part of it is that there seems to just be like more sort of like RNG gates than in the than in the original game, or maybe it's like a little less like visible, right? Something that happens pretty constantly in Darkest Dungeon two is. I'm banking on getting somebody down and they, they get the death's door thing where they're at one HP, but they survive the killing blow or whatever. And it's just like, man, that is a frustrating fucking feeling, right? Like I can understand if my poison gets resisted cause they have poison resist or I can't my bleed gets resisted. They have bleed resist or something like that. Like that's kind of fair enough. I try and stun something and it doesn't work out. Sure. But when I have to give the same guy a killing blow like four times in a row, it's just like <sighs> fucking sucks. That's the type of thing that might get smoothed over in early access, right? Like if, Yeah, it, it is it is obviously in early access, so Yeah. Well that's what early access is for, right? To find out that those things are overtuned and you know, maybe they need to to to, to peel that back a bit. Because that's that sounds like way overtuned. Like that sounds like classic kind of like thing you don't want to do to to a player type type deal. Um, yeah. Especially if you do it like you, you said you had them chaining on top of each other. Like you said you had to yeah, kill well, four yeah, times in a row. So like does that mean something? I, I had to do at least three times in a row once. Uh because it sucked. I went through the whole round. I, I had three of my guys, one of them did a heal, but it was like death blow, death blow, death blow, none of them connected. And I had to wait until and then he got another round, I had to wait until the, the following round. I was just like, This fucking sucks and I hate it. <laughs> That sounds uh, that sounds super frustrating. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, but like you know, that's I guess I don't know. That, that, that's like I said, that sounds overtuned. That sounds like a thing that gets changed at some point. Yeah, but the thing is, I also think that that's part of what makes like that's part of the appeal of Darkest Dungeon. The whole point of Darkest Dungeon is that it is, you know, like a tough, uh, like frustrating experience. I would know, say that, where this, like you lose a lot. There's a difference between being tough and being bullshit, though, right? Like, mm. like the best the best version of the like you know like this. You know, forgive me for for invoking the comparison, but like this is like the Dark Souls thing, right? Like, yeah. like you know, you like there are a couple of cheap deaths in Dark Souls, but like, you know, you get like they happen, um, but ninety five percent of the time you die and you know why you died. And it's because you fucked up, right? It's because you overcommitted. You tried to squeak in another swing, and uh, that let the boss hit you again, or like you know that type of deal and you know you got greedy yeah i almost sort of wonder if there's even room for that kind of um 
that kind of behavior in something like Darkest Dungeon, which isn't like measuring your Twitch accuracy. It's measuring kind of your strategic and tactical thinking. Because I kind of think that most players have the tactical mind to sort of conquer these issues without too much trouble. The, The thing that I'm thinking of specifically is Hearthstone Mercenaries, which is altogether pretty similar to Darkest Dungeon, right? In that they are both these kind of like turn based, right? You know, each of your guys gets a turn battler, right? right. Um, and in Mercenaries, I think uh, so. Mercenaries isn't going for that kind of like frustrating feeling, obviously, right? Um, which is good. Um, but part of what makes like the the whole interaction interesting is where you where you kind of see what the enemy is doing and how you can react to what they're doing right so when i'm in a match in mercenaries i can look at what the opponent is doing and i can kind of craft out like different lines of play and it's like oh well if my guy goes first i win right like if my guy gets to go first in this whole interaction i'm gonna do this i'm gonna take a 50 50 or whatever else but you don't have that option in darkest dungeon you just kind of have to i guess over time you maybe memorize what the different mobs like what the enemy mobs can do i don't know fair enough yeah but i also think that maybe i i have less tolerance for this kind of thing um you know i think something that changed a lot between me playing darkest dungeon one and me playing Darkest Dungeon 2 is I played a lot of Total War Warhammer 2, and I think I've maybe gotten a little complacent because in Total War Warhammer 2, I almost never lose a battle anymore, right? Mm. Um, you know, things are tough, right? But I'm almost always kind of making forward progress, and I'm never put in that position of like, you just didn't have it. You didn't make the right choices, and that sucks kind of thing. So, interesting. I don't know. No, no, that's, that's, that's always something I thought was interesting is like, like balancing a game such that like losses are acceptable on like the greater scale, right? Like that you could like have a loss that's not the end of the world and the campaign continues on, um, which is a tough thing to do for single player games because it's like so easy to save save scum, right? Like, um, yeah, uh, but- yeah. I mean that I got that feeling in Darkest Dungeon one because in Darkest Dungeon one there's there's not a um, you can just keep rolling, right? When I failed the dungeon and all my guys died or whatever, that sucks, right? It was a really painful feeling. But, like, I can always recruit more guides. I can always throw them into the next dungeon, right? You know? Um, And that is interesting, I guess, in comparison. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. Have you, have you been playing more mercenaries? Lou posts in the chat that like I have all my unlocked mercs at level thirty. Need more mercs? Give me coin coins. There are new mercenaries coming out tomorrow, Lou. Uh, so you're you're in for a treat. There's five new mercenaries because they're releasing a new Hearthstone mini set. The Dead Mines comes out tomorrow. So um, when I when I played, I saw that Diablo is in mercenaries. Is this like a yeah. cross property game now? He was special. I don't know, man. I don't like it, to be honest. I've always, you know... I mean, I'm okay with it in Heroes of the Storm, right? Like, I think Heroes of the Storm has that it's baseline cross, functionality. cross Yeah, but, right? like, Hearthstone having almost everybody be Warcraft and then one Diablo does not feel great. If, if they made Hearthstone, like, you know, that was the big rumor is that they got rid of the Heroes of Warcraft subtitle a while ago. If they went, like, full multiverse with it, 
They're like, you could have Commander Raider versus, like... Oh, boy. I don't know, like the three dwarves. Blackthorn. Commander Raider versus Blackthorn. Would you Would you be happy? I would be not be happy. I would hate that. I would hate that quite a lot. <laughs> if they just... just because, and honestly, it is just like a raw aesthetics thing. Maybe you could get me with Diablo. At the very least, Diablo and Warcraft are both, you know, fantasy. fantasy yeah. Um, yeah, but... Um, I don't know. Man. What about the Lost Vikings? Going into fucking space. I mean, I don't know anything about the Lost Vikings. I know that I I have played them for like a second in the. Uh... Is Diablo canon in well? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Hearth how how canon is Hearthstone? Ah. This is this is, this is <laughs> what this is what nine point two is going to show us. Is the raid boss is going to be Diablo? Turns oh out that God. you know that uh. Diablo 4 is Warcraft 4! Next level shit! (laughs) God, holy fuck. Um, Yeah, the one thing I will say, by the way, about Dark Ascension 2 while we're on this is that the animations are amazing. The art is better than ever, so that's not nothing. Um, But... uh, yeah, so so I have also been playing a lot of Hearthstone Mercenaries. I have all of the Mercenaries unlocked and also just got all of my Mercenaries to level 30. And I have been slowly grinding for no reason. Honestly, no reason. I don't even play the PvP. I think the PvP is pretty interesting and pretty compelling. Um, and I know people who are really into the PvP and they say that it's a lot of fun. Um, especially because the PvP seems very meta-reliant, which I think is really neat, right? Like, you can really punish, you know, so for instance, one hero... Um, Tavish has an ability that says when he does, when he takes damage, um, he like puts down traps. He's a hunter. So like he'll put down explosive trap, does a bunch of damage. He'll put down bear trap, right? The bear spawns. Um, and it's like a big, powerful guy. And so the, um, uh, and so like the meta revolved around using Varden, which did a big AOE attack and slowed everybody down. And then people responded to the meta by then playing Tavish, who, you know, puts down these traps and then Varden is like spamming his AOE move and he keeps triggering the traps and the traps are getting all of this value or whatever. And I was like, that's like legitimately kind of fucking clever. And I think that that's really sort of, uh, that's really sort of neat. Um, but yeah, they're, they're unlocking five new mercenaries next week. I'm excited to see that. Uh, to answer the question in the chat, yes, I bought two bundles there were three of them one of which was like 30 bucks one of which was like four it was it was a, a couple of i bought two of the three yeah um, i bought the, like I bought the, the five dollar bundle myself which is like five packs oh of yeah like, like a the welcome bundle i didn't yeah. i didn't buy anything after that and then uh i didn't unlock everybody at first but also i play main hearthstone like the main version of hearthstone and all of the gold that i make out of you know standard or whatever i've just been funneling back into mercenaries packs so um i started off with most everybody out of the out of the packs that i bought in the pre-order and then i bought and then i got um it was like ragnaros guldan uh it was a couple of the legendary ones one of the epic ones you know it took me a while to unlock them through packs but you know yeah yeah uh, I still need so many mercs. Honestly, it's really satisfying having um, uh, having uh, some of the the basic ones because they get the most coins, right? You know, like most of the coins that you're going to get are going to get for people like Tavish, right? Um, 
And so, you know, somebody I use in my crew is Tamsin, who is a rare merc. And I just have, and all of her abilities are just like super upgraded compared to all of, you know, like I also have Grom, Grom Hellscream. Um, his abilities are much less upgraded because legendary coins are rarer than rare coins. Though my hope is that as I continue to farm mercenaries and I get those bottom rung, um, I get those bottom run mercs like pumped to max. Those coins will then kind of tumble onwards into, you know, rare and legendary guys. I don't know how any of that'll work, but here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, this is part of why I'm not like, I don't think long term on that game. Just like I, I can't get on the gacha train. It is, it is a good game to, disassociate to i've watched a lot of movies recently to that game like i watched shawshank redemption i my thing recently has been going through hbo max and just sorting a to z and then just scrolling down until i'm like oh i haven't seen rush hour in a long time and then i watch rush hour and i grind mercenaries on my other screen i guess you're not gonna be watching zardoz anytime soon I, uh, maybe. Uh, I'm on S, so. Uh, oh, so, uh, so, okay, you've, you've gotten that. You've gotten I'm moving pretty aggressively through the list, but this is where I was going through all of those Martin, those, the, the way that you knew this is because last week I talked about Martin Scorsese movies and I watched Goodfellas and Gangs of New York back to back because <laughs> they were like next to each other in the, in the alphabetical listing. Oh, I, I watched uh, for the first time Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Which oh, was, a famously, famously bad movie. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was amusing. It was. It was. It was amusingly bad. I, you know, it was a good Halloween style. You know, Halloween style meaning like for the spooky season movie. You know, you know, it was really disappointing. I, you know, I was I was ready to be the cool guy, like you know, living in a house, like oh, I'll get kids. And I bought like full size candy bars to hand out to the kids because I was like, I want to be that cool guy. Uh-huh. And no one showed up. I had no trick or treaters. <laughs> so I have to eat all yeah, this candy myself. Yeah, we have also. Myself. We have also never gotten trick or treaters at at our apartment, which is weird because we, there are a bunch of kids in our apartment. But um, yeah, I always assumed yeah. that like apartments would be like you know like like a like a, a big apartment because uh, you don't put up decorations. That makes sense. Yeah, it's because we don't put up. De- yeah, that does make sense. That's that's honestly fair. I also know that kids um, do different. Like you know, across the street there is like a big park. Um, and there's like a big Halloween celebration, like at that. Park, yeah, they do like trunk, tr- trunk or treat, which I know is a thing in the suburbs, where like all the people drive drive in and like they. Pop I don't their know. Trunk. We just like we just like walked by there yeah. one day, so I don't have. <laughs> I, I, I need the deets, buddy, on on the trick or treat scene in Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I always assume that like kids would love apartment buildings, right? Because it's like dense doors, right? Like you figure you can like make you know like fill your bag up pretty quick, but. None of the apartments ever, like, in my last place was, like, uh, like not a real big apartment building. So, like, wouldn't have made sense. But, like, I, like I've never really had trick-or-treaters. And uh, I was always disappointed. Um, sure. I always wanted to give out candy. Um, I want to make kids happy, buddy. This is, why is this so hard? I, like, put on, like, I didn't, like, put a ton of effort in. But I put on a costume. I was like, oh, boy, someone's going to answer the door. I'm going to be like, hello. Um, this makes me very – so, next year, what I wanted to do was I wanted to do um, – I thought of this too late to do it this year. I want to do American Psycho and, like, do, like, the Huey Lewis thing. Because I was listening to Hip to Be Square the other day. I was like, this would be a great thing to do. You, like, start yep. playing the song and then, like, you do, like, the, the backward shuffle to the door and you open it and you're holding the axe. You've got, like, the blood splatter on your face. Be like, hello, would you like some candy? Do you like Huey Lewis? <laughs> you know, right? Like, 
But if no one's going to show up. No kids would get that, though. <laughs> right. But, like, that's the thing you do for the parents, right? Like, you know, like, Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, if no one's going to show up, I guess uh, there's no point uh, in doing it at all. You know, children of New Hampshire, find me. I will give you candy, which is not a, maybe a thing I shouldn't say. <laughs> Come into my white van. There's full of candy. Like. Yeah, you can tell because they wrote free candy on the side of it, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if this will be different next year just because, like, I imagine a part of this is, like, you know, COVID hesitancy, um, which I get, but, like, also doesn't seem to be, like, a real factor, at least up by me, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, I, you know, I have friends with kids who are quarantining until their kid gets vac- a vaccine, Yeah, right? that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you got to get one of those 12-foot skeletons, Mango, that'll get them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll attract the kids for sure. That or, like, sit at the end of my driveway, like, with the candy and, like, throw it at cars. Be like, take it! (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But alas. uh, 12-foot skeletons. That might be a thing for next year. Uh, You know, I live by a Home Depot close enough to one that I can go find find a skeleton. Um we were arguing about this in one of the chests day, but like the Christmas season starts like like the week before Halloween, I went into Lowe's um, for something unrelated, but like there was like a tiny section of Halloween stuff, and it was mostly Christmas stuff already, right? Like trees mm-hmm. and whatnot. I guess you know, even if I wanted to like put like you know like a cornucopia or something up for Thanksgiving, I couldn't find anything like that. But uh, Christmas, the Christmas season is is here. Have you have you listened to uh, All I Want for Christmas Is You yet? No, I did see that it that it got uh, on like the iTunes. Somebody's like retweeted that it entered the iTunes top two hundred yesterday, and I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> uh, like midnight, there's, a, there's a, at midnight. Mariah Carey posted like a tweet and an Instagram post. It's like it's time. And it's like her like it's like her. <laughs> there was like three Jacqueline's that said like it's not time. It's her smashing with a baseball bat while Christmas. <laughs> there's a bit like, in Bob's Burgers where. Um, where have you have, do you know the subreddit me IRL? Yes, yeah, yeah. Which one? With the okay. underscore or without? With the underscore. Okay. Um so with the underscore, there's a bit in Bob's Burgers where Linda from Bob's Burgers puts up a Christmas tree and there's all these Halloween decorations, and Bob just goes, Lynn, Halloween it's like Halloween was yesterday or whatever he says, right? And then somebody made a me IRL post that was like, I've waited 360 days to post this meme. And it made it to the top of me IRL today because if you look in his post history, every year on November first he posts the same meme. And for the past couple of years, it gets like fifteen upvotes or whatever. But this year, I was like, hell yeah, brother! Three and a half thousand upvotes. Fuck yeah, you deserve it. Like, <laughs> oh. But yeah, do you have a favorite Christmas song? Do I have a favorite Christmas song? Boy, I don't know, man. What are even uh, maybe the little drummer boy? I always thought that that one was fun. I like the Charlie Brown Christmas songs. Okay, um, but the, like those are like less lyrical, typically, right? Like it's like the, the da 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 piano thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that piano song. I really yeah. loved that that piano song back in the day. Yep. Um, I want to say like a weird thing that's like 
oh, fucking Murder Christmas, like the metal song or whatever. But I actually don't even know any metal songs that are related to Christmas. So I just don't have a fun answer to this. <laughs> yeah. The answer is Die Hard. Uh, it's my favorite Christmas song as well as Christmas. Yeah, oh, no, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the answer is Die Hard. Uh, yeah, no, I like I'm oh. I'm a fan of the the classics, but you know, like like the Bing Crosby type. Uh, I think that's the right guy. You know, like the I like the old timey timey ones. Like I grant. Oh, you know what? You know what one that like always earworms me every year is um, Christmas wrapping. It's like a pun, but it's like it's about a woman who keeps like running into like the same guy, and like neither of them are like doing anything for Christmas. They're both single on Christmas, and they end up like together. But it's like. I think it's by like some like a group of like the waitresses. Let me let me let me see this. Okay. It's not like I don't think it's particularly good, but it's like one that gets stuck in my head because it's like poppy. Okay. Yeah, it's by the wait- waitresses. It's called Christmas Wrapping. Spelled W R, but like I think it's supposed to be a pun. I think the wa- the waitresses sound familiar. Uh, I made Buddy watch White Christmas once, and he spent the whole movie pointing out everything problematic. That's oh, I know what boys like. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the same. This is the same band that did the song. I know what boys like. I actually think there's a YouTube video on this that I watched recently. There's a there's a YouTube series called um, One Hit Wonderland, which like goes in depth on like old one hit wonders, right? And I think the one hit wonder was I know what boys like, and they mentioned Christmas rapping as like the failed follow up. You know, like I mean, it's in the rota- it's in the standard rotation, has. right? Like. Like it's there. You know, that's fair. That's fair. It is certainly in the standard rotation. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, so like everybody hates the Christmas shoes as like being way too saccharine. Oh my god, I hate the fucking Christmas <laughs> shoes. Are you kidding? <laughs> the Christmas shoes is the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> like I just don't understand why people hate it so much. Like I get like like I don't understand like the active hate where people are like, I fucking hate that song. They get like actively angry when it comes on the radio. So much so that I don't like hear it on the radio so much. It's, that's fair. I hate the song, but I and I and I hate the song because it's saccharine. I can't, no, you know what? I don't hate the song. it's it's not that it's saccharine. It's that it's like um, emotionally manipulative, maybe. I don't know, maybe. You know what it reminds me of? You, have you ever seen an episode of the of uh, the Simpsons where Flanders is kind of the antagonist of the episode because he's like over eager and too perfect. That's sort of the same feeling I have towards the Christmas shoes. Like, oh, you know, go fuck yourself, okay, <laughs> Christmas shoes. You're not so great. Like, you know, come into the slums with the rest of us, goddammit. You know, like, that's that's sort of my feeling about the Christmas shoes. <laughs> Which I know is like, I don't, I don't really know if I'm really articulating this emotion that I have had. But I have had that emotion Specifically towards, I, I'm trying to think. What are some other examples of that kind of like too perfect character where you side with like the the imperfect? Slo- it's like the slobs over snobs thing. Yeah, yeah. But like not quite. It's it's about like I don't know. It's about being vaguely insecure about a too perfect thing. That is the feeling I get about Christmas shoes that makes me fucking hate it so much. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well. We've 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 reached our, our time goal. So if you'd like to email us about what you think about the Christmas shoes, or Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, or any other things we talked about on this podcast, you can reach us at subdurbsplaygames at gmail.com or podcast at subdurbsplaygames.com. You can follow us on Twitch.tv slash subdurbsplaygames where these go out live, and you can see us talking about the Cyberpunk map that I dri- 
jumped out. Maybe I'll try and cut it for the audio version if I remember. Um, you can watch it at YouTube where these go out. I've been getting better about posting them relatively timely. Um, uh, you can, we've got a Patreon. We've got all sorts of stuff. Look us up on things, rate and review us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Um, that's everything I have. Buddy, you have anything you want to promote? I... You getting good at anything soon? I'm not getting... That was last week. We're doing movie night this week. And I think movie night is Beetlejuice. Ooh. So if you want to do... If you want to come hang out for, for the Akupara Games movie night, which is at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, I think it is Beetlejuice this week. So, yeah. Is it Beetlejuice? The Halloween episode that is in Christmas season, I guess. Uh, I was trying to go for the Beetlejuice three times thing, but, you know. Uh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, I, I'm going to say like with, with that, um, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs>